Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We certainly appreciate the continued support and continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in the world. So as such, and having a big coaching organization with lots of uh, folks working for us and other touch points with all of you guys, I have to say, Julie and I have noticed something we haven't seen in a long time, and that is a lot of what I can only be describing as fear. And I think that's happening for rational, but mostly irrational reasons. And so that inspired Julie and I to talk about something called 10 Secrets and How to Stop Worry and Doubt. Because what we're going to do is we're going to take you through 10 things that, frankly, a lot of you are going to find very familiar, especially if you're longtime podcast listeners. But we're going to be reminding you that ultimately you are in control of your emotional state. And not feeling like you're in, uh, in control of your emotional state is the state of being human. That's right. <laughs> so, it's normal, you know, and that's okay. But maybe it's not okay to not do something about it. You are in control. And, you know, that is sort of a podcast theme that we have. But this is going to be a three-part series. So if you're somebody who likes to take notes, now is a good time to get started on that. Ten Secrets, How to Stop Worry and Doubt. So this is part one of three, Ten Secrets to Stop Worry and Doubt. All right, ask yourself if you are an anxious person and desire inner peace and calmness. And maybe you're not naturally an anxious person, but maybe sometimes you are. I think we all can admit to that. And let's just take a little pause here and let's acknowledge the fact that there are some things going on in the world. There's some things going on with interest rates. There's some things going on with housing inventory. There's some things going on that will naturally cause you, if you're not uh, essentially conscious of the fear that's starting to uh, boil up inside of you, that will cause you to go into a state of complacency. So as we're going through this, we're not going to specifically acknowledge, for example, Crimea and the Ukraine. We're not going to specifically acknowledge any of the things that are happening with housing shortages and whatever, because we don't want to pull you down into this, uh, you know, the downward spiral of emotions. What we're wanting to do is elevate you beyond the things that a lot of you guys are overly attaching yourselves to. Because what you're also ultimately going to realize, and this is I'll save you from having to listen to all 10 points if you guys don't want to listen, is that ultimately the housing market is going to, uh, you're going to be incredibly successful no matter what direction the housing market is going, no matter what direction geopolitics are going, no matter what direction interest rates are going, which by the way, interest rates will not be risen now because of the um, a, the uh, war basically that's mm-hmm. happening in the um, you know in Ukraine. Uh, that's at least the prevailing thought. So the Fed is going to hold off on interest rate hikes. So that's going to be something that I think will be beneficial to your buyers. You're going to, you know, all the different things that maybe would affect a normal business don't necessarily affect yours because you're in something that everyone needs, which is housing. And there is massive pent up demand. So ultimately, you guys are in the right industry at the right time. Now, it's critical that you have the right mindset and approach. Otherwise, you'll miss this opportunity and you'll get sucked into the downward adult failure spiral that plagues so many humans, especially during times of change. That's right. You said something really critical. I hope that they noticed. And that is when people get uh, overly stressed or worried, whatever the, the 
problem du jour might be, and sometimes you're thrown many of them, as you may be feeling right now, the tendency, the human tendency, is to do nothing, to become complacent. So our job here is to help you through that and make sure that you're not falling victim to it. So ask yourself, would your daily life be more enjoyable without stress washing over you? Of course it would. Do you feel triggered more than you used to? Our podcast series is designed to recenter you, to help you focus on what's right and peaceful in your world, and to give you new thoughts as well as strategies so you can flourish by living your best life. You know, it's normal to feel worried, to feel stressed, and to be occasionally overwhelmed. But we're going to share ideas on how to move forward past those success-stifling emotional states. As you lead yourself forward, you will leave, lead a path for others to follow. And the series is designed to take your stress and anxiety levels down significantly, but more importantly, to give you specific strategies by which to live a better, more peaceful life. As always, to educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. And just so you guys know that Julie and I don't even remotely think we are above the emotional strife that affects you know <clears throat> normal humans, we wrote this probably 50% for each other. Because this is very cathartic. Cathartic is like when you're, for example, we're writing these 10 points and we were going on our walk this morning, you know, 90 minutes, six miles. And we are just actually reflecting upon these different points and talking about them with, uh, you know, with more intensity. And I hope you guys will take the time to do the same thing because what you're soon going to discover as we go through these points. So a lot of these points we uh, learned from the Stoics, but we're going to give you reference points or some of these other things. You'll, I think, enjoy or shall I say, you'll take comfort in knowing that the human condition is to always basically go to a state of worry. And that unfortunately does result in, you know, a complacency, as Julie said, but also ill health and ill finances and ill relationships and the rest of it. But you do have an alternative. You do have a way of controlling your mindset. And what your mindset ultimately is, if you want to think of it this way, it's a set of filters that anytime there's a thought that's trying to pass through the filters that does not you know meet the level that you have set within that filter that thought can't go any further now i'll give you guys a little trick to this sometimes you'll have some negative thoughts that'll creep into your head or negative just doesn't matter some crap that's bouncing around in your brain right now don't the worst thing you can do is try to uh figure out the genealogy of it right don't go try don't go back and try to figure out why you're thinking the way you think and don't try to un ravel or you know put the onion back together don't worry about why you think the way you think because thinking about why you think the way you think actually causes you to guess what think more about what you don't want to think about which leads to analysis paralysis and now we're right back to complacency and that's ultimately the bane of anybody who wants to be successful is trying to figure out why oh i'm having this anxious feeling or i'm i'm feeling this anxious thought why am i feeling this way don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Who cares while you're feeling that way? It could just be a chemical reaction. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe, you know, Maybe whatever. you're not being media free enough. Yeah, exactly. It does not matter why you're thinking or feeling the way you're thinking or feeling. Stop giving yourself so much credit for being some sort of big thinker with regards to being in control of your emotions. None of us are. You know, seriously, guys, think of it's just hilarious when you actually put it to when you make it so practical, right? Why do you feel the way you feel? You're maybe after lunch or maybe you're before lunch or maybe you've had too much caffeine, not enough caffeine. Maybe your dog kept you up all night. Maybe yeah. you need some sleep. Maybe Who knows why? All these little sort of things that are constantly you know, circulating or, you know, or surrounding us, they're going to cut. And then you enter in media. Then you enter in people that are also having well, bad days. That's called life. Life goes on, exactly. right? Life happens around you all the time. So to stop, to, to not uh, – to, uh, 
try to, again, unring the bell about why you're thinking the way you think. That's what the whole mindset movement is about. That's what all these self-help books are about. That's what this whole idea that somehow you can go back in history and figure out and fix the way you think today. Ultimately, the way to fix the way you're thinking today is fix the way you're thinking right now, not by going back and try to fix the way you thought yesterday or how you might think in the future. So as you're going through this, as you're listening to these points, I want you to appreciate, hopefully, how plainly simple a lot of these points are and how ancient, by ancient we mean 10, it's in some cases 2,000 plus years old, how these thoughts are and, uh, designed to help you cut through your own, um, I think, malaise. That's right. So you mentioned in passing the Stoics. Well, what is Stoicism and how can it make you a better person? Just a tiny little piece of history here. Stoicism is a school of Hellenistic philosophy founded by a guy named Zeno, Z-E-N-O, in Athens in the early third century before Christ. You know, that's over 2,000 years ago, guys. So how could this possibly apply to our modern daily lives? Well, because Stoicism is a philosophy of personal virtue and ethics governed by its system of logic and its views on the natural world, what Tim was just talking to you about regarding filters, your mindset filters. It asserts that the practice of virtue is both necessary and sufficient to achieve a contented state of being, flourishing by means of living an ethical life. I think we can all relate to that. So let's take the, the Stoic. There are several of them uh, that are, have become pretty famous over the years. But but you and I, so you and I yeah. yesterday, when we were writing this, this is yeah. what's really fascinating. At third century before Christ, right? So I want you guys to consider that the things that we're about to share with you, many of these points, are uh, were written and were essentially became, I think, the philosophy of how a lot of people tried to govern their lives by before Christianity, before many of the major religions. This information that we're sharing with you is essentially ancient, ancient world information. Yes, it literally comes uh, somewhere in between when people were believing in and worshiping the, um, you know, the Greek and Roman gods. Yep. And before Christianity, but it also crept into when Christianity was starting to get root. So it's an interesting place in history, actually. And for those of you who are raised in a church like Julie and I were, um, you will then hear a lot of Christianity that's intersprinkled into these uh, mm -hmm. points. But the points are, say, for example, the first one Julie wrote down is Marcus Aurelius. And then there's some other points from these other Stoics. And you'll say, well, that sounds a lot like something I learned in the Bible when I was in a sure. kid. Well, it's because that's where they got it from. That's right. There were a lot of Stoics that were indeed contemporaries. So uh, during Cont Christian times. Contemporaries during, with Jesus Christ. Yes. yes. And the apostles, et cetera. So, right. all right. So let's take the Stoic Marcus Aurelius, for example. He was a Roman emperor as well as a Stoic philosopher. And during his lifetime, you guys think you have stress going on, there were heavy warfare, <laughs> plagues, many, con that kind of sounds familiar, many conflicts, as well thinking. as family dramas, you know. Uh, people were living and dying and marrying each other and mixing families and all these things. So he had a lot to think about. He had a lot of good reasons to be anxious. And you think we've evolved. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But how did he handle it? And this is something a lot of people refer to, his writings. So Marcus Aurelius kept journals, which are full of notes to himself on what he said, how to escape anxiety. So you might read one of his uh, books called Meditations. Yeah, I found that one uh, this morning in our office when yes. I was reorganizing I'm the bookshelf. Yep. Uh, things are always related, aren't they? Yes, they, they are. Uh, but it, Aurelius wasn't alone, though. The other Stoics had a lot to say about this as well. Ep Epictetus, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, for example, they all had complicated names. You guys see how why I have Epictetus. Julie read these notes? Yes. Uh, he <laughs> said that the most important task in life was determining what we could control and what we couldn't. 
Now, there's a prayer about that, right? The meditation mm-hmm. prayer, you know, to uh, take care of what you can and ignore the rest, basically. So as to alleviate anxiety, well, important note, most if not all of what we're about to share with you has been used as the foundation for all major religions, philosophies, and of course, self, self-help gurus. Paul the Apostle was known for his teachings that he derived from the Stoics. Seneca and Jesus Christ were contemporaries, both having been born in 4 BC. In fact, Seneca's brother, Seneca was another um, Stoic, appeared in the Bible. Seneca offered practical and actionable advice about overcoming what he defined as, quote, pre-suffering or self-inflicted stress. In other words, how to overcome feeling overwhelmed in a world that oftentimes is indeed overwhelming. So we're not, so I just want to say this kind of so much in that paragraph, right? Yeah. But realize that as advanced as all of us have, you know, think we have become, and we have obviously considered, you know, 2,000 plus years ago, but the problems were the same. The diseases, the wars. Like quite the, literally, actually. Was, yeah, exactly. And in some cases, parts of the country or parts of the world were also in war with True. each other, and they still are to this yes. day. Uh, but really what we're wanting you to understand is is that whatever you're facing down now, whatever is causing you stress, whatever is boiling up inside your head, even if you can't define why you feel the way you feel, it is a choice to continue to feel that way. And then ask yourself, if you did not feel that way, if you weren't carrying around the burden of that stress, how would you, I mean, dare I say, feel or how, what would you be able to accomplish? What would? How would you be able to relate to the world? What at, at what cost, or rather, what is it costing you to feel the way you're feeling, assuming you're experiencing a level of anxiety that you wish to rid yourself of? Some anxiety is good. Don't get us wrong. keeps you alive. It keeps you alive. But uh, what happens a lot of times, especially in this modern age of social networking, constant connection, media, constant news barrage, everything being spun to the negative, everything being, co- you know, essentially is trying to cause you to want to go live out under your staircase. That is basically what modern media is. You guys know it's true. Good or right or right or wrong, I'm not judging it. just is what it is. When was the last time you ever listened to anything or read anything online that made you actually more uh, calm, frankly, which made you more powerful, which made you more uh, have more clarity or be in a more, better alignment or higher alignment with your truest purpose, which is being of service to others. You never come across anything like that. It's always about fear, 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 fear. Well, why is that? Is it because they're trying to control you? Is it because they're trying to manipulate you? Is it because they're trying to, it's easier to monetize fear by getting you to click on something that's scary? Probably, but actually I think it's something more basic than that. Obviously, there's a commercial aspect of, you know, essentially being a, a fear wrangler in, in the media, but it also goes to the fact that they themselves, the creators of the fear, probably are feeling all these emotions themselves. And because that's how they fear, or how they think, rather, they have no control of their own, dare I say, mindset, causing them to mirror to the world how they are actually internally themselves. So what you're seeing is a manipulation for sure, but what you're really seeing is a mirror into the people that are essentially running most mainstream media outlets and their confusion and their internal strife and their level of, you know, in some levels, insanity. I think that's right. And especially, can you imagine doing that every day, day in and day out? I think that uh, reality and non-reality would probably blur. And I think sometimes they don't even know they're doing it Yeah, because they're so in it. Well, this is, you know, again, 
if you don't listen to all 10 points. This is the other reason Julie and I say just go completely media free. That way you don't have to try to you know run uh, through the different filters, as, whether it's propaganda. It's become exhausting to run it, your filters it is. all too, the time. It, and it takes you off mission too. And your mission is being of service to others, to become the best version of yourself as a real estate practitioner, helping people primarily sell homes. And the more you, and, you know, I say, uh, saturate your mind with all this crap, the less likely you are to ever be in alignment with the person that you could otherwise be. You move yourself further away when you allow fear to dominate. That's right. So in honor of our stoic philosophers, let's get practical and tactical about what can be done to have more peaceful and fulfilled lives, dropping at least some of our daily anxieties. That seems pretty appropriate for our modern times, right? So point number one, Marcus Aurelius tells us to take things one step at a time and to remember that accomplishments accumulate. It's important to make the right steps because both negative and positive accumulate. This can apply to virtually everything in life and in business. You know, you and I often talk on our real estate podcasts about the accumulation effect. Well, Marcus Aurelius was talking about that very thing, but with a focus on recognizing that it's one step at a time. So how much of your stress and anxiety is self-inflicted because you simply want things to happen for you faster? But most importantly to that point is the accumulation effect. And we write yes. about that in our book, Harris Rules. That's right. I forget which rule that is. Mm -hmm. It might be part of a rule, if I mm -hmm. remember correctly. But the accumulation effect, just to understand what Marcus Aurelius meant, there's a positive accumulation effect and then there's a negative accumulation effect. Neither one of those are uh, do you really pay the price or get the benefit of uh, over a short period of time? Right. So it, like it's an interesting phenomenon that most people get uh, fat basically as they get older. Well, why is that? Do they eat less, eat uh, more food and do they exercise less? Maybe, but also what's happening is physiologically they need less food than the older that they get, but they continue to eat the same amount of food that they ate when they were younger, and then their body stores it as fat. And so, you don't oh, notice it immediately. You don't right. just wake up one day 50 pounds heavier. It happens incrementally which would be the accumulation effect. Exactly. And the same thing happens with building wealth. It, every era, you know, it's so funny when we were going through these points, it, the get-rich-quick scammers have always been there. <laughs> yeah. the, the shiny object people, even 2,000 years ago, were basically trying to sell people into the belief that there was some, a way to become uh, you know, long-term successful other than doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. They, there always have been people who have been more than willing to sell you what you want to hear, to fleece you from your dollars. Well, they and, even had, they literally had counterfeit gold back then, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, I, it's, a lot of this history is really fascinating. So ask yourself, are you accumulating good things in your life or are you accumulating things that are going to sneak up and kick your butt later? And you can be doing both simultaneously, right? Yeah, it depends on what it is. Exactly. So if you're, if you're again, let's just lean into the media thing because it's so obvious. If you are right now listening to this podcast and as you've heard us talk about some of the headlines that are happening right now, especially, you know, the potential World War III. Oh, I just triggered some of you, didn't I? Mm -hmm. How anxious are you right now to, you know, click on CNN and see what's going on or Fox News to see what's going on? Well, there's an accumulation effect to you wanting to hear the latest headlines and they know it. But here's a little thing that happens and you feel this and acknowledge what that's, this is what you're doing. You're getting a little dopamine hit every time you read this, the, the latest headline. The social networks, they didn't intentionally design to try to get you physically or physiologically and physically addicted to, you know, getting your status update or seeing who liked your post or whatever. But that is indeed what has happened. How many of you right now put something up? And again, I know some of you are feeling triggered. I want you to look and acknowledge your emotional state as I say these things and realize that you are 
being very Pavlovian, which is a, you know, there's a scientist called Pavlov who basically taught a dog to salivate. Every time he rang the bell, the dog would salivate out in, in, you know, involuntarily. Even if there wasn't a treat in front of him. Even if there wasn't a treat, bell rang, dog would salivate. salivate. So how, how many of us are going through life right now, essentially the Pavlovian bell ringing all the time in the background. Check the headline, check your status update, check to see who you like your this and who liked your that. Oh, you've got to go do this, you got to do four, you know, all yeah, well, that crap. How many mental windows do you have open right now? Yeah, well, exactly. That's you know. awesome. I mean, a mental window is very, that's a really great way of thinking about it. How many mental windows are trying to distract you? And how many windows can you actually look through at once? Only one. And yet in your mind, how many are you actually sifting through as we as we're speaking and that's the reason that we are huge proponents of having less media in your life not more media in your life because the less things you have even if you think you have the strongest mindset ever the less inputs you actually have the stronger person you will be and that is the hardest thing for modern people to accept because they think that they are morally or somehow obligated to always know the latest crap it's just because you're addicted to it and you like that little dopamine hit and some of it's not even accurate anyway. So Most the stuff you're, you're addicted to, you know, is, is doing you no good whatsoever. And so. it, it's killing your potential. And the, yeah. the, getting to Marcus Aurelius's point is the accumulation effect of constantly filling your mind with all that garbage is making it so that you are depleting the likelihood of you being ever uh, you know, the highest version of yourself. Because you're so rot, your brain is so saturated with fear, so saturated with distrust of humans. You're being, uh, you know, essentially well, you're taught. Being manipulated, you're being taught to be tribal. You're being taught to believe there's only so much to go around. You're being taught to believe that, you know, rich people are evil. All these other things. That's what you're being taught if you ingest too much media. You have to be in control of that. Remember how we started this pod today saying if you're feeling, uh, you know, an unusual amount of anxiety right now, start by realizing it's because the inputs that you're allowing to, you know, get into your brain, get into your eyes, your ears, the people you're surrounding yourself, your real and virtual environment. It's self-inflicted, in other words. 100%. So just like your computer or, you know, your laptop or your iPhone, if you have too much stuff open all the time, what happens? Your battery drains. Just like mentally, you can drain your battery well, it emotionally. Locks it locks up. It has a shorter lifespan, right? It, it'll your technology will die on you faster. Chili is throwing down the parables so, today. Anyway, yes. Point <laughs> okay. number two. Now the Stoics also said point number two: practice gratitude. They said we are lucky to be alive. Don't take it for granted because then you are wasting your life. It's called the present because it's a gift. I think that's important to remember. Find happiness now in this present moment. And they talked a lot about that, not just Marcus Aurelius, but all the Stoics talked about really appreciating where you are now and not inflicting harm on yourself so that you don't appreciate that moment. The stress comes from living too much in the past or yeah. living too much in the future. That's what, okay, so that's where the stress comes from. This is the reason that Julie and I always suggest when you're trying to unring your own bell, don't worry about why it was ringing in the first place because that then puts you in a place where it's just going to ring louder because now you're putting yourself in the past wondering you're, about... You're giving you, it too much credit. You're basically. giving it too much power. You know, it's, it's so interesting. Like, um, I remember I was having a conversation with my brother about a shared memory. He was there. I was there. I was three. He was six. And I, my memory of that experience was completely different than his memory of that experience. And I thought that was, you know, and he was a little bit aggressive towards me because my, me my memory was different than his. And he obviously didn't want me to 
uh, adversely, you know, changed the memory that he had. He had mostly a great memory of this, and I had something was different. And but it was fascinating. The learning experience there was what your memory is not something that you can absolutely trust a hundred percent. It is That's absolutely true. going to be open for uh, essentially modification constantly. You know, by your filters. So even though you think something happened in your past the way you know your memory uh, remembers it, it probably didn't. And or if it did, maybe you've added things to it over the years mm-hmm. that have made it so that it's even worse than it actually was. So why the hell would you actually think about it anymore? Why define yourself by something that may or may not have happened in the past? Look how that's adversely stealing from your present. And the same thing goes with the future. And I think right now, frankly, what a lot of people are mostly plagued by, especially in our industry, is over-worry or worry at all about what comes next in housing. So again, we're going to summarize this. Here's what comes next in housing. You're going to be incredibly successful because there's a record number of people, like an all-time historic record number of people that have to buy or sell real estate. Yes, there's a slowing of inventory, but this time last year, Julie checked, there was a million homes for sale. Uh, this year, resale homes, there are a million homes for sale. And yes, this time of year, this year, in 2022, there's 500,000 homes for sale. Last year, not including new construction, we think, yep. if we remember correctly, there were 6 million homes that sold, which means that there were 12 million real estate transactions. The average commission, I'm going to guess, was probably, uh, what would it be? Uh, hard to figure out. Three times. 12 to 15 grand. Yeah, each, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how much money basically agents made last year. And you guys are worried that there's not enough to go around. There's enough to go around as long as you're willing to do what you don't want to do. You, you, don't to wanna, you have to find it. You have to go after it. You can't just wait for this, you know, you can't just sit on the shore and admire the pretty lake and waiting for a fish to jump into your, your grill pan, right? You got to go after the fish. That's what the world is trying to tell you. And if you've been waiting around trying to be a passive lead generator, passive at all things in life, you are going to starve. And I mean financially and hopefully not physically, but you guys get the idea. And uh, by the way, we've done podcasts all about that. <laughs> well, and we have program. coaching program right. all about that. So if you're thinking that your only resource is the MLS, that's probably frustrating you right now. And you've got to upgrade your thinking and do the work. So let's, t- that's right. So let's talk about practicing gratitude. One of the best ways to put yourself in a state of gratitude is to literally think of three things that you're grateful for. And if you want to take it to the next level, tell uh, in humans, right? You could talk, to, honestly, you can say this to your dog too, but it's more beneficial if you- Say it to a parrot so it'll say it back to you. Exactly. Show, here's where, the, where we're going. Show overt gratitude towards somebody else. Or just feel the senses of gratitude. What are you grateful for right now? This is so magical, guys. I really hope and pray that you guys are willing to open, set aside egos and skepticism and just have this little bit of a mindset exercise with Julie and I. Name one thing that you're uh, grateful for right now. What is it that you're grateful for? Hopefully you're all saying this podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) Yeah, by the way. Okay, but what is it that you're grateful for? Think of it. You're thinking, how about this? If you're really wrestling with this, you should be grateful for the fact that you can listen to this podcast, which means you probably have a nice uh, you know, mobile phone, which maybe 10 years ago you could have only dreamed of having. There's a lot to be grateful in your communication device, if nothing else. There's a lot to be grateful in the fact that your ears work so you can hear. There's a lot to be grateful for the fact that your brain works so you can understand. There's a lot to be grateful for the fact that you're in a safe, hopefully safe, environment where you can safely listen to something. Listening to information, reading, watching things that are for your own betterment, even having all this time to worry about your mindset is a luxury. You should be grateful for that. 
That's exactly it. Some of you can be grateful because the snow is melting. The sun is shining. Your feet are working. You can go on a walk. You can walk your dog. There's so many different things. Be grateful for your health. Be That's grateful right. for your family. Grateful for your spouse. And like, you know, we suggest, and we, this is one of the things we suggest everyone start their day out, show overt gratitude towards the people that you love the most. Say to them, hey, Julie, I love you. Every love morning you. we say that to each other yep. and give each other a hug. Do that, and with our kid, too, depending on what mood she's in, frankly. <laughs> That's so, right. She was in a kicky mood this morning. Yes, she was. Okay, but the fact is is that show overt gratitude towards other people. If you don't feel like you can do that, show at least in your head gratitude towards your environment, towards things around you. You are surrounded by blessings. You are, sur you are a spiritual being and a physical incarnation, and everything around you is something you should be grateful for. Just by doing that, just by putting yourself present so you're showing overt gratitude, let alone telling somebody that you feel grateful towards them, just by doing that, you put yourself in the moment. You, put your, you are making yourself present. There's something magically spiritual, chemical about showing gratitude that makes you in a present moment, which I don't understand, but and maybe some of you do. It's incredible. Well, I mean, if you guys want to have smoother transactions with the other side, Look for things that are going right and be in gratitude because it makes you less combative. Agents are really bad about looking for things to pick apart on each other. You can say to your fellow agent, I really appreciate how you handled that. I really learned something from that. Be kind to each other. There's enough, you know, crap that you have to deal with. So be practice great. gratitude. Here, help. This is self-serving and that's fine. You guys should be joining our coaching program. You should be joining our premier coaching program. Every single one of you should be learning how to actually go from the mindset of I want to have more gratitude to actually then having more things to be grateful, grateful for, for. <laughs> right? That would be more clients as a result of learning how to actually proactively lead generate. We teach you over 20 different ways to proactively lead generate listings. And by proactive, we mean you don't have to buy these leads. You can just essentially follow the system that we put in place for you and you can learn how to be a powerful listing agent. It's not enough to generate the lead. You have to also learn how to uh, you know, pre-qualify the lead. You have to learn how to present. You have to learn how to win the listing. That's the primary focus of our coaching program. Yes, we tell you about social networking and luxury home marketing and distressed real estate and how to add staff, aka build a team and all the rest of it. We talk about all that, but your primary go-to in your real estate business, especially during times like this, are, is focusing all your best energy on being a listing agent. And we've made it very simple for you. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. Do that right now. Text the word PREMIER to 47372, and that'll take you right to our uh, PREMIER coaching page on our website, and you can then join PREMIER coaching for around $100 a month, depending on which option you choose. You, that will put you on a coaching call with a semi-private coaching call with one of our new member, I'm sorry, with one of our coaches uh, tomorrow morning or even later today, depending on when you're joining. We do, you'll have a coaching call every single workday. You'll have access to all of our systems, all of our checklists, all of our scripts, all of our pre-listing packages. All this stuff is copywritten. You cannot Google it and find any of it. This is all stuff you get once you become a Premier Coaching member. Not only do you get the content, but you also get oftentimes videos, but certainly audio files explaining to you how to actually use it. Then you become part of our community. Then you're members to the, uh, the uh, Members Only Facebook page. That's how you move forward. And you're going to be surrounded with people who are also, and this is the cool thing about this, our members page, 
you don't hear people looking for shortcuts. Occasionally, a shortcut seeker will pop in. Sure. But for the most part, people are celebrating the victories that come from having done the real work of real estate. And I we love do it. that every day. I, something I'm very grateful for is our coaching clients that go to those Facebook Live sessions, which are there to help you move forward more quickly with all of our experienced coaches. But I'm really grateful to the coaching clients who have been coachable, who have implemented. And they'll go and they'll share a two-minute victory story. It's awesome. I did this. This was the result. And you know what's so fun about that? They always start out with, with uh, you're not going to believe this because they didn't used to believe it. And well, then they did it and it worked. It's because since they got, all of you really, since you got into real estate, you were only told to brand and buy business. And most of you haven't even been in the business for five years. Statistically, that's true. So you come in contact with Julie and I, we're telling you that you are frankly, doing the business backwards. And if you want to make profit from this business, if you want to have a business that's long-term sustainable, that's not going to necessitate you essentially spending all your profit to buy a business, we're going to teach you how. And when people finally wake up to the reality that they can actually have a predictable, duplicatable business, real estate business that produces consistent profit. And with that profit, they don't have to have ups and downs in their incomes anymore. And then they can start reinvesting that money to become rich or their money works for them and they no longer have to work for their money. That is something that is magical. When people People put those thoughts together. That's what the coaching program is about. So text the word premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Point number three, Julie. Yes, back to our friend Marcus Aurelius. He said, quote, remember that you don't have to have an opinion on that. I love that point. You don't have to have an opinion about that, whatever that is at the time. Maybe you just see things as they are without branding the situation as good or bad. It's simply a piece of information. Your projections or beliefs may not actually be necessary. We call that, in modern times with our coaching, it's too soon to tell philosophy. You don't have to brand something, oh, that's awesome or that's not awesome. Not awesome. The world is coming to an end. It's not coming to an end. There's so many practical things in real estate about this. I get a lot of emails you know, from coaches and clients and stuff. This happened. What do you think about it? What, what should I do? And it's always something like, you know, a negotiating point or an inspection thing or, well, just give me the facts. What are the facts? But reeling this in and having it focused specifically on what Marcus Aurelius meant, there's uh, where my mind went was what you said, but also the reality of that, that people feel obligated, even if they're ignorant about a specific thing, to, to, have, an, to have an opinion. Yeah, to have and so side. what they'll often do, because they feel this social pressure to have opinions on things, is they'll just grab headlines and glam to whatever their tribe is telling them to say or think. Whatever seems to be the popular way to go. So I'll tell you guys a little secret that all of you know is true already, so it's not a secret at all. The more you talk, the more you allow people to realize what you don't know. So if you mm -hmm. want to actually have an advantage in life, keep your mouth shut. Because then people don't know what you know, but they also don't know what you don't know. Yes. And when people learn what you don't know, then you sometimes will, you know, rule yourself in or rule yourself out to the listing or to the relationship. The best thing to do is keep your mouth shut and ask questions about what someone's saying and show sincere interest. And don't have an opinion about everything. You don't have to have an opinion about anything. Your desire to have an opinion is your ego making you think that if I don't say something, I'm somehow going to be seen as less than or I'm going to feel less than. But the reality of it is, is the person, Marcus Aurelius, who you know was the point he's making is keep your yap shut. Don't have an opinion. Observe how other people are reacting and feeling and thinking, because here's the really crazy part of all this. Look how frequently people go, go from thinking, the, you know, triggered about one specific stupid thing and then two days later off to something else. 
and yet they burned themselves out. They well, got stress all and anxiety come back. Right. right? They're, they stress and anxiety. They got manipulated into thinking that they had to have opinions about something. And during that heightened emotional state, which is abnormal, it's bad for you, they weren't actually in alignment with their purpose on this planet, which is being of service to other people. They maybe even ran people off that otherwise would have More wanted to do business with them. Yeah. That's right. So, again, with the self-inflicted stuff, right, you don't have to have an opinion about that. It's not up to you. What you're what you're being opinionated about is taking from your life energy most times. So this is why, for example, I mean, again, let's take it back to real estate. These guys are being asked, what do you think is going to happen with the real estate market all the time? Well, that's asking for an opinion. This is why we have entire podcast series about the facts, right? <laughs> so that you're not simply speculating and having an opinion that you're just pulling out of air or a headline that you read or something that somebody posted on Facebook. Oh, well, when it comes up, must come down. We must be in a boom. There must be a crash. Did you just read that? And now you're spewing your opinion about it? And with why no was, facts? and whoever was uh, essentially parroting their opinion, what was their motivation? And now without you knowing it, you've aligned with somebody who had you actually taken a little bit more time to think things through, or frankly, not have read it in the first place. You wouldn't even have said that or thought that in the first place. Now, and here's where it's really pernicious, right? Mm -hmm. What are the ramifications of the costs of having said what you just did, let alone having a thought that you just had? So if you think the market's going to, interest rates are going to rise, buyers are going to stop buying, the world's going to come to an end. Prices are going to crash. Blah, blah, blah. Well, tell me how that makes you feel. Scared, anxious. It makes you feel fearful. What do you stop doing? You stop trying to help people. You stop trying to learn. You stop trying to improve. You, you become complacent. You look for the, you know, you think about, okay, there's the staircase. How Can I fit a TV under there while I wait out whatever the you know, zombie apocalypse That's is right. And like. then you go and talk about it and you use your opinion instead of saying, I don't have to have an opinion about that. And then you pollute everybody else with all of your friends you said the same thing to, which was also not backed by fact. And now you're part of the problem. Yeah. You guys get it? So this is you, your challenge. If you want to be the best version of yourselves is to rise above your desire to have an opinion. So Marcus Aurelius, and what Julie and I have said, uh, and we got inspiration when we were writing Harris Rules, a lot from Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> I love how you said our friend, right? <laughs> how old are oh, we? <laughs> but I, I mean, to be honest, though, the reason I say that is because of Napoleon Hill talking about your mastermind doesn't yeah. have to be people that are contemporary. You That's can right. feel like Marcus Aurelius is a friend because we, you know, we read him and well, we take a lot from him. It's interesting you should bring up just to Napoleon, defend myself. <laughs> it's interesting you should bring up Napoleon Hill yeah. and Wallace Waddles and all those other people that are sure. writing books in the twenties and thirties. Yep. Guess what they're reparroting, guys? Basically, they're stoicism. That's what most of, yes. if not all, their points were from. So this making this really practical for the too soon, too soon to tell point. This is what happens. Like if you tell yourself when you have a really, 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 really great victory, home run, don't over celebrate it. When you have a great loss, don't over mourn it. Don't put yourself in this emotional state of high highs, low lows. Don't do that because you'll wear yourself out. It's exhausting. You have to tell yourself it's too soon to tell because you are not here just for a short term one or two month, you know, victory dance. You're here for the long run. You want to I mean, Julie and I are thinking about this this morning. I mean, we've been in the coaching and training business effectively since 1990, 1991. Have you thought about how many years that is? I mean, really? That's a long time. Yeah, that, we, that's when we took on. Now, we had people that we were doing informal coaching and training, but that's when we started getting paid. Mm -hmm. That's And I'm, you're not a professional until you get paid. Nope, that's right. Yeah, you, you're not an author unless you've sold a book. You're not a speaker unless you Multiple got... Multiple times, by the unless way. Unless you got paid to speak. You're not a coach unless you got paid to coach. Otherwise, you're just somebody that's, you know, an amateur, basically. That's the defining difference between a professional and an expert. And a, 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 an amateur, is, or frankly, somebody who's not even an amateur. 
answer is whether people are willing to separate themselves from their money That's to actually true. listen. Mm-hmm. But guys, this is a real. These are three really profound points, and we're going to get to the other seven points um, tomorrow on the following day. So I have a question for you. How are you guys feeling? Excited a little bit? Motivated? You're feeling hopefully a little bit entertained. Maybe some clarity, hopefully. Maybe some, exactly. Maybe some clarity. Maybe some of you are looking to continue your, uh, maybe we you know, spark some interest in some of these points. Uh, the book that you should read, and it's not very big, is Marcus Aurelius' uh, Meditations. And it is an audiobook too. Absolutely positively get that. So your homework is going to be to read or download that book. Because I what was really amazing, and it's so powerful, is when you realize that you're not alone with how you think and how you feel. Everyone around you basically is thinking and feeling virtually the same way, but they always have. <laughs> they always have. Going back to original man, they're all thinking the same damn things. And that's a lot of the, the ways that we behave now are a result of the ways that man you know, behaved thousands of years ago. And that changed the way our lizard brains, our circadian brains were hardwired to react to things that are external that we perceive to be fearful, right? So once you start realizing that you there is a higher state of yourself and you start plugging into that and you remove yourself from the lower state, which is fear-based, and you start realizing that your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people, there is something in that emotion that is uh, incredibly powerful that once you experience it, all the fear and consternation from doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level melts away. I'll make give you a very practical point. Wonderful coaching client. His first name was Jeff. This was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And I'll never forget this. He was great. Centers of influence, past clients, knew his scripts, knew his everything, was doing fantastic. Was never able to actually move forward and uh, be very effective with uh, setting listing appointments. Then finally, we had this conversation that was not so dissimilar to the conversation we just had now. may have been based on, you know, Marcus Aurelius' book. With the takeaway was uh, he wrote down on a piece of paper, I am here to be of service to other people. So where he was getting wrapped up was over-associating his internal value with how somebody reacted to him on the phone. In other words, they will sometimes not and you know, react favorably. Sometimes they'll be offended. Sometimes, you know, there are scenarios that happen when you're doing the real work of anything where you get rejected. Well, he was internalizing that to an, uh, an unhealthy level. And by him disconnecting, it didn't happen right away, but it started with the thought, I'm of service, I'm of here to be of service to, to you. And that's what he said to himself when he picked up the phone. And that's what he sometimes said to the prospect when he was talking to them. Then he knew that no matter how they reacted, that he was still going to be in alignment with, I'm here to help you. You must be acting this way because you're scared. You must be acting this way because the lack of a sale of your home is causing you financial problems or maybe even interpersonal problems, whatever. He was realizing that their emotional reaction was their fear mechanism and his highest and truest purpose was to essentially not allow himself to be fear uh, pulled down into their fear mechanism you know, muck. His goal was to help them rise above it. And in doing so, not only did he become incredibly uh, effective at uh, taking listings, but he also became far more conscientious of himself and the power of his own mindset. I remember you telling me about him. It was awesome. Uh, okay, because I remember we've had lots of similar coaching stories where people have said, you know, as soon as I stopped making it all about me, I had a breakthrough. But I remember you telling me about Jeff because I do remember that he had a very significant breakthrough both not just financially because he was taking more listings, but as a result of taking more listings and being paid you know, for that, yep. he was more confident. He was less emotional about everything. 
he he became both a better business person, but also I think probably a higher level of maturity as a person. So, and I remember, I believe if I'm recalling the same, the right person, they had a young family at the time. Actually, it's funny you read my mind because they had like two or, I think they had two little kids. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking, yeah. I was coaching when his kids were born. And now yeah. I'm thinking to myself as I'm standing here looking at you, those kids are probably all getting ready to go to college. I know, I know. We've been around a while. We have. But, but, but the, the mo- point is the same. Yeah, it is. And, and that's really what – that should be something – that comes from essentially being in tune to with yourself yes. and removing yourself from that fear state. That's right. And there's ways that you can manage that. I think one of the main differences between the Stoics – and boy, are we blessed that their writings are, exist, right? That was a long time ago. Um, but one of the main things is it's not that they didn't have any stress. They probably had more stress than all of us did or do. It's how they dealt with it, right? Right. They were more uh, present. They used journaling. They did all of that kind of stuff. So you can have mechanisms like, like talking about Jeff, instead of taking the rejection so personally, you can, you can recognize it for what it is. If somebody doesn't want to list or buy with you right now, it's not just, it's not no forever. It's not, no, I hate you. You suck. It's just, no, not right now. Move but, on. Make but, the other thing. Or find out what their real problem is and be a problem solver. The modern interpretation of how you should be uh, running your real estate business that's taught by everyone but us yep. is the antithesis of stoicism. Yes. It's the opposite of mm-hmm. stoicism. It is all about you. It is all about your ego. It is all about how you're perceived. (laughs) It is all, it's not about offering something to other people that's going to help improve their stance. It's all about you trying to become an influencer so that somehow that's going to make people want to associate with you and do business with you. Guys, it is a pathway to failure. The way, the reason that people do business with you is because you are worthy of being, uh, of them choosing to do business with you. You have proven yourself in the marketplace, not from your TikTok videos or not from your branding. You've proven from having helped other people. You've earned the right to be successful. If you're not successful now, and we shared with you guys this point the other day, if you're not successful, if you don't have the quality of life, the health, the happiness, the you know wealth, everything, it's because you have yet to form the neural pathways between. The people, the number of people you help at a high level and the realization that the more people you help at a high level, the essentially more of everything you're going to experience in life. That is the relationship. So if you don't have what you want in life, it's because you have not yet helped enough people at a high level. That's the last part. That's critical. I talk to people all the time. I do this. I do that. You have not actually helped them transact. That's the high level. Which brings us back to point number one, the accumulation effect. Everyone, even the most grizzled veterans that have thousands of past clients, they did it one transaction at a time. Correct. So if you're feeling like, well, how can I get there? Because I've only done X number, a handful of deals. Well, that's how everybody starts. So do, if you've done five deals, do your sixth deal this week. It's the accumulation effect. And start putting yourself in a mode of accepting that you have to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. Don't allow your fear of rejection be the thing that's going to ruin you because that's how a lot of you succumb to believing you can buy your business endlessly. And you can't. And you're going to discover it, especially in this new economy that we're entering into. You're going to discover what Julie and I have been saying on this podcast, which has been downloaded more than 20 million times, is the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents. You're finally going to not just hear our words, but you're going to start experiencing what we've been hopefully helping you to prevent. And many of you have listened, many of you haven't, but you're going to start experiencing what we said is true. What You're going to start seeing that the tide is going to go out and all your fellow compatriot agents have been swimming naked. And most of them don't look good naked. No. 
I'm joking. Get out of the water. <laughs> All right, guys, listen. We're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. Uh, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Love and prayers to the people that are suffering right now. I mean, all over the planet, but especially during this whole Ukraine-Russian uh, conflict. It is unbelievably sad. But I have a feeling mm-hmm. that we're going to see some miracles come as a result of this that are going to be unpredictable. And they're going to essentially not uh, – they're going to change the world in positive ways, not just in negative ways. It's not just going to be like it's always been in history when one country tries to take over another. I mean, Julie, you wanted to talk about this, but just for the sake of your guys' interest's sake, mm-hmm. Google Elon Musk, Ukraine, Starlink. Those are your keywords. Yep. Go Google it. And, and then get offline. And then get <laughs> offline. Google it. See what Elon Musk did. That's amazing. And this is the, this is the thing. This is the reason that history does repeat itself. But sometimes you have something like an Elon Musk that can bend history, bends the time-space continuum, changes the world because he can, because it started with a thought. So hopefully you guys are resonating with what we're trying to share with you. In the meantime, if you need us for anything, oh, by the way, dare I uh, be uh, overt in my solicitation? Yes. If you guys are looking to join eXp Realty, which many of you are or should be, Mm -hmm. there's two pathways forward for you. If you're just looking for information on eXp Realty, We've set up a website with lots of videos. You can, It's great. It's uh, Just text the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. Now, if you're ready to join, and, and by the way, when you text EXP to 47372, message and data rates may apply. Now, if you're ready to join EXP Realty and you're looking for a sponsor and you've not chosen one yet, Julie and I are formally applying for the job of being your EXP Realty sponsor. Text me directly on my cell phone, 512 512- Seven five eight zero two zero six. Do not call. We will not answer. I will not answer. But if you text, I will respond. Five one two seven five eight zero two zero six. We are standing here waiting for you to text us that you want us to sponsor you at DXP Realty. It would be our pleasure and our honor to do so. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.